and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. And that makes me Mike. What's up, folks? Man, it is windy out there. You know, I, I always feel a little disconnected with the audience and the fact that they're listening to these about two weeks before, uh, well, two weeks after two weeks we record them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If they could be listening to before we recorded them, that'd be pretty amazing. That would be uh, that'd be a real easy gig for us. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys do? I just fucking sit around and wait for shit to happen. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's literally it. I don't even have to record anything. It just... Something in my sleep, I don't fucking know. <laughs> that would be that would be amazing if only all work like all work worked like that. Yeah, that was uh, plus. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked myself I, I up. I don't know why you deflated there at the end. It was a good... <laughs> I had no you, idea. You just, you just shot yourself in the foot for no reason at all. That's <laughs> eh, okay. That's okay. I probably I probably deserved it from somewhere. Ah, uh, yeah. Karma of some kind. You know what I'm saying. Like, making fun of the uh, person that was uh, walking across the parking lot today when I went to get my, uh, my second uh, COVID vaccination. I couldn't help myself. I thought it was a girl at first. And I was like, that girl is really tall. Like, not making fun of her for being tall. She's going, God, that girl's really tall. That's a and, huge uh, bitch. <laughs> That's a huge <laughs> bitch. Behemoth. Yeah, no. We didn't, we didn't go that <laughs> route. Not this time. <laughs> not this time. I've, I have done that before, though, to be quite honest. But um, walked across and went to put the cart back. And I said, oh, that's a guy. Okay. Like... But this dude was wearing, like, ladies' sweatpants and stuff, and then I realized that this person may be trans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I still kind of laughed because this dude from the grocery store that is, like, the biggest busybody I've ever seen, the guy apparently is, like, a bag boy and does carts and he's older. So good for him for getting out there and working. I, I, uh, I aspire to be that guy one day where I'm just, like, I'm tired of sitting around in retirement. I'm going to get myself a job where I can just be around people. And, and maybe, you know, tell some stories, have some fun. And I seen this guy, he wears like, you know, the caps that the, uh, like the guys that put the, in the Ricola commercials wear that are playing uh-huh. them big old horns, like Ricola. He wears mm-hmm. like one of those hats with a feather sticking out of it and everything. He's got a look going on. I got to say it works for him, to be honest. He so really does work cat- for him. It looks good. Well, this guy you're describing, what does he have to do with the potentially trans person that you well i was getting to that eventually (laughs) i was i was having problems tracking go ahead i like to well you know i like to go off on tangents and i'm and i'm I'm just describing the guy as much as i can yeah yeah you like to meander so he yells across he yells across the parking lot to this individual and the deepest voice I've ever probably heard come out of somebody. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe the guy just grabbed the wrong pants this morning. <laughs> but I, I kind of was chuckling to myself about it, and I had said something to my significant other, and I really feel like it was just a knee-jerk reaction. And I, I maybe, I mean, I didn't say anything offensive, but I felt kind of like, oh, that's not who I am. I don't, I don't make fun of people based on their appearances, unless they're asking for it. Well, I guess the question is, could you see their genitals outlined through their pants? I could not. 
But if it was a lady, she had the deepest voice of any lady uh, I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Or heard. Mm. I mean, like, just, you know, um, could have sang fucking bass in a uh, in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, now, that does not, I mean, what if it's someone in transition? Could be. You know? Could be, absolutely. I, I feel I, for them because that's got to be, that's got to be like the one thing that whenever I think of people that are transitioning, the hardest thing that I think to disguise is definitely the voice. Here's the and thing. I think, I think you're giving yourself, you're kind of like giving yourself a bit of a hard time for, for laughing at someone's appearance when it's something we all do. It's not like you sat out and made a big deal out of it. Or... <laughs> it's it. You're right. I did not vocalize anything when I was standing outside the, the drugstore. Right. You know, looking across the parking lot because it's I just... mean, the, the dude with the hat called my attention more than anything to this whole situation. Um, <laughs> the fact that like you laugh when someone falls. Yeah. Someone could really get hurt falling, but it's also pretty hilarious to watch him fall. Sometimes you see someone whose clothing choices are a spectacle, regardless of their gender or anything like that. And, you know, with that, um, with that on in mind, I don't, I lost my train of thought because I that's, just that's was cool. looking at a text. Damn it. Cause I fucking have my phone on. Ugh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right. I uh, do it all the time. Oh, I guess what I was saying was that, you know, their gender is irrelevant to the fact that you laughed at their outfit because their outfit was unusual in some way. It didn't it was, fit It was the form. pants, man. I just, I couldn't get past the pants. That was my whole thing right there. I was it like. Wasn't, it wasn't flattering to the person. No, not not in the least little bit. Right. Now, I got to say, I'm no fashionista myself. Nor let's am be, I. Let's be quite frank. Nor am I. I've been wearing the same style of clothing my entire fucking adult life. And before that, jeans, t-shirts, and either sneakers or boots. Boots more often than not, because I just find boots to be more comfortable um, for what I am typically doing in the course of a day. But, uh, so, <laughs> I got no room to talk. But uh, these pants, man, I'm telling you, if they were... If, if they were a conscious fashion choice, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They were, they were pretty bad. They were pretty bad. Anyways, we're, we're gonna get off that topic now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought you might like to squirm a little more. Nah, I'm good. I think, uh, I think I've done my fair share of squirming for today. Okay, very good. I really Let's have. Move on. Why I had we... I had a grade A panic attack when I was in getting my uh, my shot today. Oh really? And I don't have I have no fucking idea why. Like I was so amped up, and it wasn't. I guess for me it wasn't really getting the shot or anything else. It was them being like, "You got to stand here for fifteen minutes." And right. whenever somebody is like, "You got to you have to do this for this certain period of time," I always get a little antsy. You know what? I know what you're talking about, and I'll give you an example of what I thought of when you said that. When you get in line at, like, CVS or mm -hmm. at uh, Burger King or someplace, and you can't drive away, 
You're stuck in that the aisle. The drive-through, bro. Oh, yeah. the drive-through used to give me such anxiety. Because what if I need to leave? What if I change my fucking mind? I've been sitting here for 15 fucking minutes. I That's leave. what I like about having four by fours is that you can just go right up over that curb and out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never done that. But, you know, knowing that the option is there is always a little comforting. Yeah, a little comforting. It's, it's, it's like is... when you get stuck at one of those jank traffic lights that never seems to change for your side, but it changes for the other side and arrows and everything. And you're like, oh, God, we've been sitting here forever. What the fuck is going on? And you get kind of a little antsy. And then all of a sudden the light changes and it's like, oh, never mind. I'm good. <laughs> there is this stretch of road that leads over the, well, a bridge that leads over um, some cape or bay in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it goes about halfway across, and then bec- there's it stops at an island sort of tower type thing, like oh, a platform, it goes into a tunnel, and then it, right? it goes into a tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, that is scary as fuck. It is the scariest. I, it was probably like the closest to madness I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like me the first time I had to drive through a tunnel. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking you know, same of, thing, yeah. It is the same thing. Oh, the same feeling too is this feeling like this crushing weight over your head. I'm claustrophobic and if that springs a leak I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you just think how quickly you'd be crushed under the mountain or the the ocean that you're currently in. You know that you're yeah. under. You're under the fucking water in a right? tunnel. And Local man killed in freak accident where tunnel collapses. <laughs> yeah. I can see the fucking headlines on the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, one person dies and it's me. <laughs> Everyone else was smart enough not to be in there. Oh, that's a bad day for the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Oddly, the other people weren't driving through it. I don't know. No, no. They all saw, their cars floated to the top. <laughs> they saw fucking Mothman and turned around. <laughs> <laughs> they saw the guy with the runaway drill press. You know. Yeah. <laughs> up top in the uh, in the sixteen foot long bit. You know, heading right to the tunnel, and they were like, "Oh shit, I ain't going in there." Because when we, when we go up, when we go up to, to my daughter because she's up to, out towards Pittsburgh. Um, uh, there are there's a series of tunnels going out there, and the first time we went there, I was taken aback by it because it doesn't matter how bright it is outside. There's always lights on inside the tunnel, and they are always like like the lights that they have in surgical suites. Oh, yeah. You know, like, literally give you a fucking sunburn if you sit under them. Like, they are the brightest motherfucking lights ever. So, regardless of how bright it is outside, and the first time we went, it was rather dark, because we left at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, she had to be there at a certain point and had to be in her room, unpacked and everything else. It was like fucking boot camp. And um, we had we had left early, and the first tunnel I come to, it's, like, kind of dark outside. And we go through that tunnel, and I come out the other side, and I'm like, I can't fucking see anything. I'm literally blind right now. My eyes are like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope. Not dealing with that, nope. <laughs> Those lights and the heat they put off made me think of a dream that I had once. And here's the dream is weird, so I'll have to preface this by saying that... Um, I had high cholesterol, and my doctor put me on niacin, and he warned me of something called niacin flush. He says, where you'll get a little warm for a while. And I thought nothing of it. 
And I started taking this medication. I'm in, in it about a week or two mm-hmm. and slowly titrating the dose up. And finally, I'm at the full dose. And I'm having this dream that I'm looking at, like, museum exhibits. And I'm looking at one and the sun is, is or the lights are shining down on me and they're baking my skin. And I'm like, I think I'm getting a sunburn from this. And I, I wake up and my skin still feels that way. And I'm like, oh, I'm so confused. And my skin is a little reddish, but there's nothing wrong with it other than that. But I feel like I should be pouring sweat. And every single square inch of my skin was on fire. Every single bit of it. Wow, well, that it turns out severely that uncomfortable. It's severely, uh, and it turns out that nice and flush is when the capillaries in your in your skin get super dilated and allow a lot of blood in, because the mm. niacin does that. It increases your ability to uh, to pr- profuse blood. So. Uh, it creates this temporary surface warmth on your skin that um, your nervous system uh, makes you think you're under a burning lamp. And I'm talking every square huh. inch of your skin, your balls, your taint, your asshole. It sucks. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, that'd, be like sucks. Having, that'd be like having simultaneously swamp ass and sunburn everywhere. It's It sucks. And uh, I, I finally told my doctor, I'm like, I can't take this anymore. There's got to be another alternative. And he put me on something else. But um, he was like, yeah, there was. I just enjoy hearing the stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my balls in my tank, doc. They burn. They burn with oh fire. Oh, my God. It was like, I, goodness gracious, I had great balls of fire down there. Everything was sweating. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I just took a schwitz. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. And I was ripping the hair out because I'm very, I'm very hairsuite. <laughs> I can't use the word hairsuite enough. I know. Me. I love the word hairsuit. It's one of my favorite words. And it's, it's, I think it's one of my favorites. First of all, because it means hairy. And it's like so just probably a kind of a gross sounding way to say hairy. <laughs> but also because it makes me think of like hair and suit. Like you're wearing a suit yeah. made out of hair. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, that's that, what I that, like that makes about me it. patently uncomfortable just a little bit. Like I think of how itchy that would probably be or being just covered in like a thick, you know, Eastern European mat of hair just everywhere on me. There is you a know, to the picture. point where I had to shave. There is a picture of a staircase. Um, I think I've seen the Harry Staircase. The Harry Staircase, yeah. Yes. It's got like, if you Google it, it's the first <laughs> image result is that someone had made a carpet out of what appears to be human hair and a lot of human hair. Well, yeah, I mean, it would take quite a bit. And it's in this gross hallway, like the paint is all mottled and fucked up and everything <laughs> and like this the ceiling pimp. and the walls are peeling away and the, the hair doesn't even look healthy it looks really fucking ratty and like basically it fits perfectly where it's at is what it, I'm hearing it is perfect yeah it is it is a perfect horror kind like, of like we match this up 100% it's absolutely correct this is this is what they call this is what they call on uh um, the internet, they call this a cursed image. 
<laughs> oh God! Yeah, you know, I was just I was just reminded of another one. Uh, now that you're bringing that up, uh, there was an image that popped up yesterday uh, on Reddit, and uh, it made me chuckle because I haven't seen it in quite a while. Uh, I'll set the scene for you. There's a woman and a baby, and the baby's on the bed, and it looks like somebody has their ass up against the baby and their butt cheeks spread open. And you look at it a little bit longer, and you realize that it's the baby's dad, and he's bald. Oh, but has but has like his ear looks like an asshole from the angle they took the picture at and his head and his shoulder look like butt cheeks. And he's just hairy enough that he looks like uh, like a grown ass man, like bent over and stuck his butt on his baby. <laughs> it just fucking I'm like, could you imagine like being famous for that picture? You're like, oh, you're the guy whose head and shoulder looks like an ass. Yeah. Like he walks, he walk around and people notice. Like it's probably one of the most off-putting things I've ever seen because it looks like somebody's about to take a shit on a baby. Yeah, and I don't wow. think people enjoy that. I. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was worried about what people think, not the baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to shit on a baby. What's going on, baby? Yeah, don't shit don't on the baby. Don't the shit baby on don't... the. Baby got enough shit. Baby don't need your shit too. Don't, no, shit, baby, on baby. don't shit on the baby. <laughs> no, no baby, baby shit no. <laughs> <laughs> You sound like Elvis. Thank you very much. She put money in the bag. But I don't I... care, but you have to say put money in the bag. Okay. <laughs> ah, putting the money in the bag. Ah, you, uh, ah, uh, are you are you scared? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I don't care. <laughs> It's a baby. You like a baby. Please put baby baby. Yes, just the money. Babe, come on, make a quick step up, baby. Hi. Hey. Hey. Hey, Hurry up, I got the car running. Yeah, baby, just comes up that. Come on, baby. Just bring the money and come on. Uh, but no, the bag, baby. She's she got the bag. She's holding it out to you, you idiot. Right, made a bigger bag. That bag, baby bag. Made a bigger bag. I don't have a bigger bag. Oh, bitch, you understand me now. So come on, talk shit now. Hmm? That's a big, bigger bag, baby. Come on. I don't have a bigger bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I've got Bob in the bank, but this bank is small. The money I put in the bag fit in the bag. Give me that bag. I'm going to get a fucking bag. Baby bag. It's a bigger bag, son, bitch. Come on. <laughs> the the co- come on. The cops are going to get here. Uh-huh. What's your bag? Bring it back to my bag. I'm sorry, I can't understand you. Bye. Bye. So polite. 
Folks, if you didn't, if you weren't clear on what was going on there, I think we were robbing a bank. But hey, I think we got it. Was it was a baby bag bag, baby money bag? Bear cop come busy bag bag. Oh, bear, double dumb. I wanted to change the tone a little bit. This is not something we do often on the show um, where we try, you know, get really serious. I'll try to keep this funny, but I don't know how funny I can make it. Um, This week on Facebook, I posted a post that I normally would not post, which was basically saying that, uh, you know, I'm depressed. I'm an anxious mess. I'm a panicky mess. I'm, I'm bipolar. And I'm pretending, I'm tired of pretending to be okay for other people. I'm, I'm tired of making excuses for my illness. I'm tired of making excuses for things that I couldn't do because I was sick. Is basically what I'm saying. I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do in my own little way is to promote the normalization of people being honest about their mental illness. And, and, and... Saying, yeah, you know what? I didn't make it to work today, and it's not because of you, or you, or you, or you, or you. And it's not because I'm lazy. It's because I'm sick. And I can't mm-hmm. I can't function in day-to-day life. And, and if, unfortunately, you have to make that distinction. Yeah, yeah. You do have to make that distinction. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am willing to put myself on the chopping block, so to say, and... I read something on Reddit today, and I'm not going to quote it because I don't want someone to go look it up because this person deserves their privacy. But they basically said the best advice you'll ever give is pretend you're fine. And I I had to completely disagree with that person because I don't think that pretending you're okay and hiding it is is healthy. I I think being depressed, uh, you know, Pete Davidson from SNL, uh, said on one of his bits, he said, I was born depressed. Well, yeah, so was I. So is pretty yeah. much anyone who has depression. I've always been depressed. I don't know a time when I wasn't tinged by a little depression, especially after my early childhood, like from my early teens onward. I was miserable all the time. And um, that's just part of my personality. That's who I am. As much as when I'm funny and the, the fact that I'm, I'm kind and compassionate to people and that I'm generous with people, those are all personality traits that are you just... You are a very generous lover. They're too... Well, yes, of course I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's to the core, that's who I am. You know, I can't separate those pieces from myself. I've tried. I've tried to be like a badass and shit. It doesn't work for me. I'm not, I'm not badass material. I've tried to write serious stuff. It always tends up being, ends up being silly because I don't have a serious voice for a lot of things. My... My modality is usually one of comedy. But this is very important to me. And uh, this is something that I think that anyone with mental illness, you know, own it. Don't fucking be afraid of it. And don't let some asshole who has a misunderstanding of it hold that, hold you back. You know, I've heard people say, oh, I've lost my job over, over uh, my mental illness. 
<clears throat> you know what? Fight it. Go to HR. There are people who will be in your court, even if your boss isn't. I'm very lucky. I, I maybe I come from privilege. I don't know, but my boss is awesome. He doesn't. He doesn't try to judge it. He just says, "Okay, I take your word for it, and I trust you." And that is so refreshing. Yeah, I you mean, know, pretty rare, I would think. To to a certain degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've run into a lot of good luck uh, with that kind of stuff, too. As long as you're uh, open and honest about it and don't, you know, like, if you had a day where you couldn't make it in, you're like, uh, you know, don't be like, oh, well, I couldn't make it in because my my car wouldn't start. Just right. be fucking honest. And I yeah. know that, you know, we're preaching being honest and open about it because we do have situations like that. But there are certainly <laughs> folks that can't yeah. be honest like that. And for yeah. you, I I, uh, I bleed on the inside because I know what it's like to have to hide that yeah. and to live with that and not be able to tell people. Now, my family is very... Uh, my family is very open about it, and thankfully. Yeah. And even, like, my dad will say has never had an anxious day in his life. And he said to me, I don't have any idea what it feels like, but I know that it's hurting you, and that makes me hurt. And, you know, everything like that, that even that kind of an attitude is a good way to go about mm-hmm. things. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say to somebody, oh, hey, you've got... I don't know anything. I'm not saying it has to be something serious like, you know, cancer because I hate using that as a uh as a supposed or what if or what have you, but mm-hmm. maybe maybe you've got uh maybe you've got really bad um you know, problems with your stomach and stuff and it causes you to be sick a lot. You don't yeah. you know, you wouldn't say to them, "Well, you know, yeah. my car broke down." It didn't have anything to do with me, you know, having to to shit 16 times yesterday. <laughs> well, you then, know. let me say this. Let me just say that if those people cannot speak up for themselves or to their bosses, at least let me do that myself to push the agenda, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, to, to and, and to get on a public place like this and to say, yeah, let's, let's, um, Let's try to normalize some of this shit. Like, hey, I, uh, yeah, it wasn't my car. No. You know what it was? I couldn't get out of bed for a week, okay? And it wasn't because I'm lazy. It's because I'm so depressed that I can't function, period. And if I you don't get the point, that, then I don't get your diabetes because it's yeah, the I, same fucking thing. It's a disease. I, yeah, it's an illness. Yeah. I made it all the way to getting into the parking lot. Where I worked at before and having to turn around and go back. And, uh, like, I got to the point where I would call and, like, my boss maybe that I had at the time who was extremely uh, caring individual uh, would say, well, why don't, you know, why don't don't I come out? Why don't we talk about it? Or something like that. And it helped me to get to that point. And it was huge. I mean, I never forgot that. And it made a large impact on me at the time. Now, same person, you know, turned their back on me a few years later, so... Take that for what it is, but at the mm-hmm. moment, you know, it uh, it was it was the most helpful thing that they could have done, and I was so appreciative of. It. And none of it would have happened if I hadn't been honest and said, "Hey, 
Yeah. I am fucking struggling unbelievably right now. Mm-hmm. That's what that's the term I choose to use is struggling. Uh, some people will say drowning. Uh, there's and many different ways to put it. Mm-hmm. I ch- I like struggling better, but uh, I'm str- I'm struggling right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I I have to be honest with it because if I'm not honest with it, I will fall back into the way things used to be where I would just not answer the phone. I wouldn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't show up. Right. Right. Yeah. Total lack of participation in life. Yeah. Just basically. did not show up. And and then people would get upset because mm-hmm. they didn't understand. Then when I explained no. it to them, they were like, oh, I get it. How could you Why didn't get you just it? fucking say so? But well, no, but I, you know I what I'm see. saying. I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. People that are like, I understand now. Why didn't you just say so in the first place? Yeah. Well, because you because find out there's a lot more people that struggle with it when you start talking about it than you ever thought there were. Because that's something you have to get into the ha- being that honest, that brutally honest is a habit, mm-hmm. just like anything else. And if you have the habit of hiding it, of being tough, right? You know, of being stoic. Hey, you got to be more stoic, kid. That's what my dad always told me. You got to be more stoic. You're hypochondriac, Tom, he would say. You know, and he was right about me being a hypochondriac. I was. I still am. But, you know, like every time my heart beats a little fast, I'm like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm going to die. Been to a cardiologist, says I'm fine. So, you know what I mean? Like, like. I get wound up into these ways and worry about shit that I don't have to worry about. And it creates symptoms that aren't really there. Um, So my dad was right. Yeah, I was a hypochondriac. But boy, did I make him look like an asshole when I had to be rushed to the hospital because my appendix almost burst. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) I guess the joke's on you. Yeah, dad. (laughs) I almost died, motherfucker. (laughs) What? Yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't know. At this point in my life, I'm halfway to dead, you know, and that's not even like that's being generous. You know, I'll be I'll be 45 in six months, mm-hmm. seven, seven, eight, nine. Why the hell would I count from now for I'm 44. So yeah, double that is I, 88. If I'm halfway through life, um, that's really very lucky for me because I'm more that's like a, that's a respectable lifespan right there. Yeah, 88 years is pretty fucking solid. But I don't think I'm going to make it to 88 unless I turn some shit around. That's for sure. But that's not what this is about. This is about no. depression. But, you know, that's the thing is that's the thinking of a depressed person right there. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about, well, the rest of my life is still going to suck because the first half sucked, you know, and maybe that's true. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Well, it's like Doug Stanhope said, if half the ba- if, if you've been through a movie and half of it sucked, there's no reason to assume the other half is going to be turned great. That's you well, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's that is a very valid point. And I've heard it said on, like, you know, by psychology magazines and stuff have actually said that people who are depressed tend to have a more realist perception of reality, you know, as opposed to being really optimistic or really pessimistic. They tend to Mm -hmm. be more realistic. Um, 
uh, perceived by others perhaps as pessimistic, but genuinely uh, more in, in touch with reality as long as there's no psychosis or other conditions going on along with that depression. Um, because we see shit for how it really is, man. Well, uh, when, when, you've, when you've gone through days of absolute terror... Yeah. And panic. And I'm not saying... I literally mean days, weeks, where it was omnipresent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, start to, you start to look at things a little differently. You do. And you start to realize that there is bad shit and that bad shit's going to happen. And the key to this whole thing is not to let it overtake everything and we're not we're not getting that deep into this i mean the point here was that you know to be honest and open about it and to and to have a conversation about it right 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 exactly it's about it's about having a and having a conversation with someone if not your boss then your wife or or or, or, or husband maybe even or, yourself your partner well, maybe yeah. you need to have an honest conversation with yourself yeah. and say hey I'm not fucking invincible, and uh, this has gone on, like, have that turning point, that moment where you're like, um, I'm gonna fucking change everything. Right. Even if you don't follow through with it, I mean, it doesn't mean that if you, uh, you don't go from, uh, from rags to riches, so to speak, on something that you consider yourself a failure, but even wanting to make a change is a huge... Mm Mm-hmm. Huge step in the right direction. Realizing I, that you're uncomfortable. I agree and, with you. You know. I agree with you that 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 you know having that self self dialogue is really really an important step. But mm-hmm. I think one of the things about the self dialogue that gets lended to itself is is talk therapy. I think talk therapy is good for not just people with mental illness but fucking everybody. It's one yeah. of the most useful tools I've ever had given to me medically um it's people say oh it's too expensive like it's a it's a coping skill it's a coping skill it's it's a health skill it's like learning how to eat well if you have diabetes it's worth knowing even if you don't have diabetes so don't look at it as it's too expensive or or that it's 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 quackery you know what? It will feel like quackery if you go in there with that attitude. You have to have an open mind. Be like, hey, I'm willing to crack open some of my own assumptions about my my life and re-examine them, because that's how you get progress. Otherwise, you just sit in a holding pattern and you don't get anywhere. And and a lot of people seem to think that I guess that therapy, and I used to think this, that therapy was some sort of magic thing, like. If I talked enough, the, the doctor would be like, well, this is your thing and this is what you need to do. And mm-hmm. the thing is, they do, but that's the thing you need to do for today. It's not going to fix the big problem because it's slippery. The big problem is all over the place. And the, the key is spending 20 or 30 years. I hate to say it, folks, but it's the truth. 20 or 30 years digging and digging until you figure out what's at the core. And then you got to exercise that that fucking demon, you know, or it or... doesn't necessarily mean, though, that it's going to be 20 or 30 years. Every person is different. And sometimes it takes yeah. less. Well, but it is it, it does take work. It does take work. And I will say this. It probably isn't the only thing in there that needs exercising. You know, it, it, there's probably more little 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 nooks and crannies in there where stuff is hidden. And, you know, I think it's probably a lifetime 
lifelong experience. But I feel like it probably will get better because I'm continuing to learn. Um, it's getting more painful, but I think that's because it, there's more surface area, if that makes any sense. I've exposed so much of myself to myself. Mm-hmm. There's more surface area for the pain to hit. And the more I stand to grow from it. And now that's the way I feel right now. You ask me tomorrow morning, I'm going to be like, fuck you. I'm going to sleep and I'm going to stay asleep till three in the mor- in the afternoon. Then I'll deal with this shit, you know, because I'm too say, fucking depressed to get up right now. One of know? the one of the greatest things to do and uh, in therapy is uh, for me, at least, uh, is to really lay something open, mm-hmm. really rip open, yeah. rip open a scar and uh, talk about something that is terrifying yeah. for me to bring up. And when you build up to that point, it's you'll so understand cathartic. You'll understand what I mean. Yeah. But walking into the room, bringing up something that is absolutely terrifying for you to admit to bring up, and then sitting with it for a little bit and having somebody else validate your feelings... Yeah. And then, you know, say, well, let's let's work on something to that effect. And, you know, having somebody be like, I'm glad you came in and you talked about this stuff. Fuck all that that toxic masculinity shit mm-hmm. where, oh, you can't cry and you can't feel bad. You can't, you know, this or you can't that. You're going to you're going to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to do. You are going to you. <laughs> to put it the most simple way, and yeah. and let's let's be honest. You, do you you know if if you think that uh, the therapy is is kind of a you know I don't need therapy. That's kind of a quackery thing. Uh, what do you do when something's really bothering you? Do you go to your friends and talk about stuff? Yeah, you're doing the same fucking thing. Right. Except it's not a professional. You're talking to somebody in most instances that is too close to the situation. Right. And can't. You know, effectively give you they they want to tell you what you want to hear, right? Not what you need to hear, right? You need someone Which, who will be objective with you. Yeah, somebody that's objective doesn't have any stake in it. You know, doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't have any reason to to spare your feelings and just give you a feel good thing. Because sometimes the the feel good option, well, most times the feel good option is gonna set you back and the option that is not a feel good thing it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be you know you're a horrible person <laughs> you know or anything like that i've never had a therapist tell me that yeah but uh you know it doesn't mean that it has to be you know the worst of the worst it just means that the person's not fucking sugarcoating everything for you right because that's that's damaging if you think there's nothing wrong with you in a situation and you know you're struggling and, you, and I don't mean to say something wrong with you as in you have some kind of a defect. I mean something is amiss in your life. Something is affecting you negatively, maybe is a better way to put it. Um, a condition of some sort is in place which yeah. is making you unhappy. Yeah. Be it if, chemical if think, or situational or whatever. Yeah. If, if you think that that's the case, I implore of you to, uh, to really sit and think about it for a minute because... I'm sure you'll figure it out. I'm positive you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's no different than having a coach. This is just someone to give you ideas. And I'll be honest with, with, with you. I mean, again, this is me laying, laying out stuff that some people might not want to hear or be prepared to hear. 
But for me personally, and I know some people can't cry, won't cry, don't cry. But mm-hmm. um, I cry all the time, but I don't usually do it in front of other people. And this therapist, I have cried in front of like three or four times. And, you know, I, it's, it's because I told her, we're going at this all the way. There's no holding back. There's no punches being pulled. Mm-hmm. What we talk about in these rooms is going to tear me apart. And that's the whole point. And, and she's like, okay, I appreciate that. That's how the progress gets made. And there's been some stuff she's said to me that, you know, or that I have discovered through talking to her that, you know, like just opened up avenues that I wasn't anticipating. And I I just broke down in a couple of sessions. Yeah, I've I've done it. And I think it's wonderful, man. It's, It's like that sometimes that crying can be crying. I think of crying as cathartic. It's like... It's like you've hit a point where you can sort of articulate what the fuck it is that's upsetting you. And it comes into super clear focus and then you just lose it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like when someone you lose someone to death or to disease or something, you know, and and suddenly it becomes clear to you that they're gone. They're really gone. And then that's when you cry. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of a thing. It's that moment of clarity. And therapy brings that moment of clarity again and again and again. And sometimes you're not ready for it. Other days I'm there with my notebook in hand, like, yeah, 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 we can try this. And how about I say this tomorrow at the meeting and da 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 and all this stuff. And, you know, I talked to my mom about it. She, of course, you know, my mom's always going to be in my court, but she says, I don't see a weak person. I see a fighter. I've always seen a fighter. And I see that in you, too, Mike. Um, You know, the fact that we're sitting here having this conversation with the intent of putting it on public, you know, into Mm -hmm. a public forum. And I don't feel any fear about that at all. Like, I'm not afraid we're going to lose some people. Not in the least. You know, whatever. You you know what? If if this is what made you lose us, uh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. you. I love you. But fuck off. You know, it's. I don't need that. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Yeah, I've got enough. I've got (laughs) enough already. Thanks. (laughs) You know, without you, I would encourage the listeners if you want to, uh, and you feel capable of it. uh, You know, drop us a message about something if you want to talk about this more. I would certainly, if you're interested in it. You know, we can. uh, We can. We can chat back and forth and so forth and everything, or we can bring it up on the show again, or. Or what have you. I mean, it's, 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 I'm not a therapist and I would never say that I was a therapist and I'm not licensed (laughs) as such, (laughs) but I've been through this system so often that I I feel, I feel very comfortable talking about it. Like even just doing what we're doing right here, I feel comfortable. Like when I go into my therapy sessions, well, when I, speaking of that, I know that, I don't know that I brought it up before. Uh, I had a therapist and she had moved on to another position, which is always one of the hardest things because you have to go through everything all yeah, over again. Yeah, that's And tough. I mentioned it two weeks ago when I was in and then my current therapist told me that she's moving out of state. So I have to do this again. But I know at this point in my life and at this point in my therapy, uh, 
Them's in my the treatments. Break. Them's that, the breaks. When I get this this new person, I'm going to sit down with them the first time and be like, this is what I need. This is what I expect. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's start let's start there because if I I didn't used to be the guy that would that would sit there and say, "Hey, I'm going to have to rip some stuff open. I'm going to have to to lay some things bare here and we're going to talk about things that are uncomfortable and I need to do that. And if I don't do it, I need you to prod me because that's what I need. I know how I am. I'm lazy. I'm lazy mm-hmm. about shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'll just go on forever and not ever bring this up if somebody doesn't make me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, I, f- I found that that doing that over the last few years really was beneficial. Uh, it really helped. And it's somewhere that I couldn't, I wouldn't have been even five years ago, probably. I don't think I would have been in that same spot at that point to be able to sit and say that, you know, like, hey, I need to talk about this. I always thought there was something wrong with me and I needed to hide it. Uh, and I would do it all myself and I'd be fine. And the reality was literally the exact opposite. I could not have been more wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what I was going for in that whole thing, but I mean, talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to somebody. Admit, Um, admit to yourself if, you know, if things are getting to you like that, admit to yourself that maybe, maybe you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, don't be afraid of mental illness because it's not the horror that the horror show that television makes it out to be. I'm sure yeah. you've seen. I'm sure you, you you've seen, you know, some guy in the park screaming and yelling. That guy at is pigeons. severely. Uh, yeah, that guy is severely unmedicated, probably on drugs. Probably self-medicating with something. Uh, or is just severely, severely psychotic, like um, someone who has paranoid schizophrenia, something like that. That's someone who just needs help. With the right meds, they can lead a completely normal life. Uh, but again, it takes therapy, too. And and some, some people don't need meds. Some people just need to talk to somebody. Uh, it's really what it comes down to is mm-hmm. that you're connecting with another human being who's not going to sit there and judge you. I've never once felt judged uh, in in, a, in a, any therapy session, no, I think um, I think if I did, I would have been like, "You are literally the worst at your job." Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I have ever seen in my entire life. Perhaps you need to be doing something else, and I would I would have the ability to uh, to verbalize that to them at this point. <laughs> It'd be like, "You're terrible at this. I'm sorry, but yeah. somebody's got to say it." Yeah, I'm sorry, but you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You are fired as my therapist. Yeah, you can I'll um, expect your uh, expect your desk to be cleaned out by the end of the day. That's important. <laughs> Being able to fire and hire a therapist is very important. Like knowing when you've got the right one to stick with. Um, like the thing that really impressed me with my current one is that my other one dropped off the face of the earth just suddenly. It stopped taking appointments. I think something must have happened. And I don't know what the hell it was, but she sent me a letter, said, thank you for the whatever. And, and you know, and that was the last I heard of her. You know? That is that is terrible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I was immediately slotted in with someone new and she read my entire file, like all the stuff from all my therapy sessions, not just at my current practice, but in previous practices, everything. She read it all. 
when I stepped into that first session, I told her the one thing I really don't like about this, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm very upset that this happened because now I have to start over again. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I read your paperwork. We can start wherever you want to start. We can catch up with things later. What do you want to talk about today? And I told her, and she was like, "Okay, so this is relating to." And I was like, "Holy shit!" She know she was. I if I had thought to call her bluff, you know, which I wasn't doing. She had all but to say a few things to prove herself true that she had in fact read my entire file. She's like Tom. I know you love the Big Bang Theory and yeah. puffy stickers. Uh <laughs> puffy stickers. Who doesn't like puffy well, stickers? Oh yeah, I like puffy stickers, but I don't like yeah. the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, you I, do. I don't know why you always torment me with the Big Bang Theory. It's not like because I know secretly it's going to be like Jim Gaffigan. I'm going to turn you a little bit, just a little nope, bit. Never. <laughs> never. He said, nope. Never. <laughs> never. The, the conviction in the way you said that to me, I can read that, <laughs> is, is very strong. <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't be more serious. In fact, so serious, I'm not even emoting at all with my voice right now. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. Never happened. Oh, God. You can dream all you like. You can try. One day. That is, that is my dream. That, that's my dream. My nightmare is constantly running through wet tunnels with no shoes on and broken shards of glass and rats and snakes with a psycho chasing me uh, from a movie, you know. Uh, my dream, though, is to, is to have you sit and watch The Big Bang Theory with me and be like, you know what, Mike? This is really enjoyable television. <laughs> if, you, if I do that, you have to sit through an entire episode of Eric Andre. Oh, God. I have an appreciation for the man outside of his... I know. Uh, outside and of his Adult Swim show, but his Adult Swim show to me is unpalatable garbage. And I know that's how you feel about the Big Bang Theory. Yep, so. yep. exactly <laughs> even keel on it. Yeah. Unpalatable just, garbage. Yeah, yeah, I mean... You couldn't have said yeah, it better. You, you couldn't have picked a better fucking example of something for me either. Like, literally. There is nothing really on television that I despise quite like uh, Eric Andre's show on, on Adult Swim. And uh, I don't... I mean, there's a lot of stuff I don't like, and that's that's strong. And That's there will still be that. me trying to send you clips of his shit. Be like, just watch this one clip. You got to watch Most this. of the stuff that you sent me, though, or told me to look at was actually not. That's what I'm saying. Outside of that show, like he's been on a couple other shows. And I was like, all right, his character is likable and his comedy is good and his mm-hmm. timing is good and everything. But just that show in and of itself is just I, I can't. It's it's hot garbage. I can't watch it. But it's supposed to be. That's entirely the point. It's supposed to be bad television. But why would I want to watch that? You know what I'm saying? Because he's poking fun at it's ironic, dude. Come on. Uh, I don't I don't I, I I don't see I don't see the joy in ironic comedy. That's in in that in that respect. I just don't. Because like Hannibal Burris is on there too and he's a pretty funny guy. Mm-hmm. But his role on that show is just you know, it's not good. It's anti-comedy. That's what he's doing. He's doing it anti-comedy. It is anti-comedy. You're correct. And, and I, anti-comedy I, works for me in certain aspects, 
but with his show, it just I've never I've never found it amusing. Hey, fair enough. You know, we're not all gonna agree on everything. That's true. I mean, this is why there's different options for stuff. Now, if if you think I wouldn't sit through episodes of that just to watch you fake enjoy Big Bang Theory, you're wrong, sir. I will do that. <laughs> to watch me fake enjoy? Yeah, that's right. To you watch want- you have to sit and enjoy the Big Bang Theory and be like, you, this is wholesome, fun television. <laughs> I would totally sit through Eric Andre for that. My tolerance for it is 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 enough that I would be like, just remember the end goal, baby. No pain, no gain. That's what I'd be telling myself. But the difference is the difference is that I don't really take pleasure in tormenting you, so I wouldn't make you watch the whole thing. I'd look at you and see patent disregard in your eyes. You wouldn't be enjoying it. I'd be like, we'll watch something else now. <laughs> You're a better man than I am, then. I guess I must because, be. Because I, 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 I would enjoy that even within my own family. Making somebody watch something they hate just for my sheer enjoyment, I would do that. Does that make me a sociopath? Uh, I think it makes you a bit of a sadist. (laughs) I don't don't do it often. I mean, mind you, because if somebody doesn't like... I mean, come on. You know 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 who runs the house in my house? Mm -hmm. My youngest is the one who runs the house. And I've learned a large tolerance for watching stuff on TV that I don't like. Because she happens to like some stuff that I don't like. I actually, I could not stand Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. I would never want to watch it. I watch oh, I it all the it. time. I, I watch it. it all the time now because she watches it. Chicago PD, I sit and watch it because she watches it. And I've gotten invested in it because I know that my my youngest and I can sit and watch TV together. And she enjoys it. And I enjoy being with her. So... It all works out. Yeah, it works out. I just, I, I find the writing on that CSI or whatever it is, the Special Victims Unit. Yeah. That particular show, I find the writing to be offensively bad. There's a couple of shows like that. And I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, so there's two things about it that I don't like. One is the guy is always doing these quotes at the beginning and ending of every episode. And it's just so pretentious. <laughs> so there's that. He's like, such and such happened to Dante. And, and, and then it cuts into the scene, and it's like, that's pretentious. The other thing is their lab tech. The girl with the the, the, the bad makeup and the big glasses and the sort of alt look. No, no, you see, you're thinking of NCIS. I'm thinking of NCIS, maybe. Yes, well, that's NCIS, how I yeah. The, the, the goth chick who always drinks caffeinated soda and, yeah. uh, you know, and all that business, yeah. But she's, the, the if it's the one I'm thinking of, she's not as conventionally pretty as all the other lab techs yeah. who are yeah. equally goofy and alt chick types they're yes. all the same character first of all that's the thing i hate they're all the same character and here they have this awesome example of someone who is not conventionally pretty although i very much believe that that has a lot to do with what they're doing with her makeup on the show yeah and instead of making her a unique character or an interesting character they just made another alt chick lab tech that's for some reason always in the fucking dark why are they always in the fucking dark in a lab uh, because setting because that's, that's what all people enjoy they did that in the, in the house MD too it used to drive me crazy oh we're gonna go check out some samples in the lab and the lab is dark have you ever been in a lab 
My favorite is when the morgue is dark because I always oh, yeah. imagine how are they going to actually see anything if they don't have <laughs> if they don't have lights on. Hold on. Oh, let me... so you noticed that tiny abrasion? <laughs> but you know those shows are never really about what's you know what reality. They're always sort of a, a dramatization. Um, I can't remember the, which episode of which show it was, but there was one where they were trying to hack and the the other hacker was too fast or something. I don't know. It was complete mm-hmm. gibberish to begin with. But they fucking said, move over. And the other person started typing on the keyboard at the same time. <laughs> so there's two people typing on the keyboard so they can double hack. That's and right. It was just like... Holy fucking shit, the whole world has jumped the shark. Just Double everything. Double hack is always, is always faster. I just want to say one more thing about these shows quick. The one redeeming quality to um, the Law & Order Special Victims Unit is that you always have Ice-T. You know, famed rapper yeah. and lover lover of police there as a, as a cop to dumb down whatever the situation is to you. And I know this isn't a new concept. John Mulaney did a bit on it, but it bears repeating because they'll be like, this uh, this guy had lots of child pornography and the guy, he's like, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that this guy got off on looking at naked children? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, so what you mean is he had lots of pictures on his laptop of children that were naked. And it's always it's always like that. They'll be like, uh, I see anal abrasions. And he's like, so you're telling me this person enjoyed putting things up their butt. You know, it's always Holy it's shit, always like the. I, I never thought about it, but it you're fucking amazing. 100% spot on. Yeah, John Mulaney nailed that. And when you watch Law and Order Special Victims Unit, I implore of anybody go out there, push their ratings up for them. It's fucking hilarious because he is absolutely dumbing down whatever is going on for everybody else. Yeah, he's trying to bring it down so that the lowest common denominator can also enjoy this <laughs> yeah. show. I didn't understand what the child porn was until he explained to me that it was pornography with children. How, honestly, how innocent do you have to be to not know what child porn means? The word child porn, if that doesn't mean anything to you, you are, like, so naive. What are you doing watching fucking shows like this if you're that naive? Well, you're too I, I guess, gentle for this world. Go, <laughs> go read a goddamn kids book. You're, you're too, you're too gentle for this world. You I, I should also not be think watching. this shouldn't be the place where you're, where you're learning about, about the ways of the world. Right. Uh, on, on Law and Order or CSI or NCIS yeah. or yeah, you know, Neater Double Lot Three Eight Special Squad Victims Unit uh, Number Sixteen. I don't fucking know, but uh, yeah, go. I mean, you, you want to see real shit? Go look in the fucking newspapers. There's always and watch the news. There's yeah. always terrible stories on there, mm-hmm. and you get to see the the dirty, filthy, disgusting uh, way of humanity that way. Well, you know. and you're in a great spot, actually, if you want to see some real funky humanity. You can dig into all kinds of Zoom courts now. Uh, a lot of courts are doing their proceedings on Zoom, which means that you can actually sit and wa- in, on, in on them and watch them in live time. Hmm. Um, 
one that I really particularly enjoy is Jeffrey Middleton. Um, I think I got his name right. Um, he is this Michigan State uh, attorney, or no, I'm sorry, uh, judge, mm-hmm. and he runs like you know his uh, misdemeanors and and like small in you know like like small claims and stuff like that, and um, he has real litigants, real attorneys in there and everything and uh he sets bail and all kinds of stuff and he's very soothing to listen to because he's such a he seems like if you ever did something to get yourself in trouble and you needed a judge be in front of a judge this is the judge Mm -hmm. you want because he won't bullshit you and he won't go easy on you but he'll be fair with you as long as you're not a stupid asshole That's the key. These people that you see in these court shows are always, I mean, even the ones where. Assholes. Always. I'm I'm not even saying court shows, even like viral video of people in courts. They're always so ignorant of everything and so like full of themselves. And I'm like, am I that naive to the way that things are in the world that I I don't think that that's real or what? Because. Man, if, what, a few times I've had to go in front of a judge for something, always traffic-related, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so scared that I'm going to lose my license or something, mm-hmm. you know? I'd be scared shitless. I'm always like, yes, sir, no, sir, I don't know, sir. Even when I disagree with them and I think that they're fucking hacks and I saw them palling around with the police before and after the proceedings and he showed up late, you know, I still am respectful enough to not be like, hey, why don't you suck my dick? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even if it's I unbelievable. To. Well, and that's exactly like there was this one with Jeffrey Middleton, um, where the the uh, the defendant was, um, he had already gotten himself in trouble in an earlier Zoom meeting because the the person his his wife or his girlfriend who he had been hitting, mm-hmm. um, somehow they were in the same house together when when and she was like giving all these like really weird answers and saying like well who called the police be like i guess i did technically but and she looks like she's ready to cry and and then she keeps looking away and he's moving in the other camera and stuff and it's like the the lawyer stops and says i have reason to believe that they're in the same house and they send a cop over there and it's true so they arrest him so now the next court you know, already he's done that. Apparently, he's also called from the courthouse or from the jail to mm-hmm. threaten her not to say anything. So oh, class act. Yeah, real nice guy. So he's on the camera, and he's she's giving her testimony, and he is flipping out and like screaming and yelling. He and he's like. All right, uh, I'm going to mute you now. I'm going to turn your camera off so that you can still see us, but we won't be able to see you. So you can do all the hollering and yelling and acting a fool that you want without it destroying (laughs) what little credibility you still have left. Do you understand? Fuck you, okay? I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> that would be enjoyable. That and would be enjoyable it's to very watch. Good, it's very good entertaining. Tele- it's honest television. You know what I mean? Because it's not television. It's real life and... Real reality TV. Yeah, as it should be. And and I think that like the internet is proving that that's possible and that people will sit and watch it. It's only a matter of time until Middleton is offered his own show. But I feel like he's too humble to take it. We'll see. Now, he had to be scores better than Judge Judy. 
Oh my god. Well, she the thing about her is she's not enjoyable or she's enjoyable to watch because she's a bitch. That's and actually I the say, reason why I can't stand watching her because no, she's like No, I don't like, like her either. She's super bitch. She's super bitch all the time. Yeah. I have a like, feeling that's not an act either. No, I, I imagine uh, yeah that, that that's that's very real. You would never want to bump into her in a parking lot or or the grocery store, you know, bang carts with her or anything like that because I feel like you would just be like, "Oh god." I didn't yeah. think I was going to have to litigate anything because I was in the pasta aisle at the same time as her. Watch it. What the hell's wrong with you? What are you, fucking stupid? What are you, blind? I've worked in the court systems for, for decades. You know, like, that's... I, I think, How is that uh, relevant here? <laughs> all I did was bang into your car. <laughs> I have whiplash. I had an interesting one come up uh, the other day that I wanted to bring up here in, in an open forum. Uh, and I say an open forum, even though it's only the two of us here. Uh, people are welcome to weigh in. But uh, I have, I have, I have cats. I have a passel of cats. And when I say that, I truly mean that um, a, a passel is slightly less than a buttload, but slightly more than a few. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I have cats that. Uh, I always have food and water. I mean, literally always. Not an exaggeration. Yeah. And yet, whenever I put something down on the table, be it liquid, be it food, whatever, they always have to get in on it. Like, my cats drink my iced tea. My cats drink my fucking soda. I've never seen a cat drink soda before until, you know, recently. Uh, One of my cats loves pastries. Doesn't matter what it is. If it's something sweet, she wants to eat it. And they eat crackers and all kinds of stuff, which is strange to me for a cat to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, like, this brings up an interesting thought. Like, one of my cats was drinking my soda and sneezed near my glass. Okay. And it was a brand new full glass of soda, and I was just like, fuck it, I'm still drinking it, I don't care. Near or in? Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> okay, so... You know, that... like, there's definitely a chance that airborne particles went... In my cup. Okay, so that's gross, and I'm not a cool. I'm not cool with that. That you drank your your soda. You're, you're gonna throw away an entire cup of soda because your yes. cat potentially or did sneeze in it. Yes. I mean, are there feline diseases that are communicable through a sneeze that I need to worry about? I'm not worried about that. It's snot, for Christ's sake. Well, what if it wasn't snot? It was just spittle. That's disgusting too. Do you let your dog, you know, lick your face and then you don't as wash li- it and like you kiss somebody as, else? I mean, as, as little as possible, as little as possible, because I know where dog my dog snack and your dog licks your fingers and then you reach into the chip bag and grab yourself some more. Isn't that kind of the same thing? I wash my hands. You wash your hands like every time your dog licks you on the hands. I don't let him lick me on the hands constantly. So, yeah, I do try hmm. to wash my hands. All right. All right. See, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. I mean, for me, I don't know. Like, it's not really that big of a deal. I had somebody fucking yakking feet away from me, and I was eating because I was hungry. Like, if I'm hungry or thirsty, I mean, obviously a stink bug will stop me from drinking. <laughs> but uh, I did... To the to that extent, I did finish that drink though after the stink bug was in it. <laughs> Which you I don't did? know if I told you that or not. Yes, I did. 
You... It was the middle. It was the middle of the night, and I was thirsty, and I was upstairs. You couldn't go downstairs to get a fresh drink. Nope. I I had to do what I had to do, man. And it didn't smell like stink bug anymore. You are I such. I don't think. I don't you... think it expelled anything in my cup. You are such a strange human being. <laughs> You're so fucking strange. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I would love to continue this conversation. But I just looked at the clock and we are out of time. So that's going to have to be a conversation or a story for another time. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you like I'm going to give you this free piece of advice. And I want everybody to listen to me. The government cannot outlaw hamburgers so stop fucking worrying about it okay <laughs> mcdonald's wendy's burger king everywhere would go out of business if they did not going to happen have a question for us you want us to talk about something on the show would you dear listener like to ask us a question Send us an email at storytimewithtomandmike at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to learn more about the show... And get extras like links to the videos, sites, and other media... Visit dembeans.biz. That's a dot biz because we mean business. Hell yeah.